0: listeners welcome back to the Wilder podcast uh, tonight it's a little bit surreal because uh, I've got Patrick Nash from the Richmond Football Club on the other line and uh, for those don't, that don't know Patrick which you know obviously the UK listeners don't ever know what the AFL is um, It's massive. The AFL is massive here in Australia, especially Victoria and Richmond being a football club that won the Premiership in 2017 and 2019. Uh, Patrick was a part of the VFL team last year that won the Premiership as well. So very strong team and also the team that I grew up following. So your old man, he was one of my heroes. Yeah. (laughs)
1: So we're talking to people about that, like... um same, Like people say that. Like they love dad, and obviously I've got the same number as, as we spoke about
0: before. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. It is cool because you you wore the number forty five for the for the first two seasons, and now you've just switched because Sean Griggs obviously retired, and you've been able to make yep. that transition into your dad's number. Um, before we get into the podcast, what does that mean to you to be able to wear that that famous number six?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Obviously, 45 is pretty heavy on the back. It's a pretty big number, so to go down there, <laughs> it's, it's a bit lighter. But um, nah, it's it's pretty cool. Obviously, as I said, Dad Dad wore it, and Grigor was one of my good mentors at the club when he was there. Um, obviously, he's at Geelong now. But yeah, it's it's pretty unreal wearing dad number, and holds a pretty strong place in my heart, I guess, and all my family. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can definitely believe that. I mean, it's in the family. It's in the, it's in the bloodline now. Um, so yeah. I like to do my five quickies just to, to obviously get a little bit warmed up, get myself a bit more comfortable than yourself. So we'll start off. Who's the funniest guy at the Richmond Football Club? Who would you consider the one you laugh at the most?
1: Um, I'd like to say me. <laughs> but, but when it's not me, um, probably Liam Baker. He's pretty funny. Get along pretty
0: well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I can see that. And you guys, you play a a similar kind of style, I suppose, but he's gone down to the back half where you're still pushing that wing and forward line position, hey? Yeah. Yeah, which, which is your niche. Tell me, what's a bad habit that you have? Your worst bad habit? I always like,
1: whenever you order a meal on Uber Eats or something, which ties onto one of your other questions. <laughs> I always get chips, which i have got to stop doing. So, but I wouldn't say it's a bad habit, like it's just something I enjoy doing, but for me, I sort of probably have to stop doing it. Yeah, man. You get a bit fat, you get pretty fat, haven't you? But then other
0: than that, probably biting my nails. Biting your nails, see, that's, that's a bad yeah. habit. Chip, chips ain't a bad habit, man. I mean, like you, <laughs> you're playing against some big boys, I don't blame you, I'll be eating as many yeah. chips as I could. I know. What, what was your best memory as a child?
1: Um, probably just playing footy with my mates. Obviously, it's, it's a lot serious you now. It's my full-time job, but, um, yeah, probably enjoying playing either school footy, club footy, um, with my mates and seeing them transition footy. Like, some folks got drafted with me, some didn't, but they, they got pretty, um, what's the word, they got pretty far in sort of their footy journey in terms of underage stuff. So, probably, yeah, playing with my mates and enjoying or building relationships with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and seeing them grow into, you know, obviously not just the young men that they're becoming, but the footballers where it may be at the highest level being the AFL or whatever, wherever, whatever they're playing. Um, yeah. What's the best sledge you've heard on the footy field? Um, I bet there's been a few. Look,
1: well, Josh Caddy was getting into um, Bernie Majcek in the pre-season game this year, and it was a pre-season game. We are getting flogged, but he was still um, telling him about how I think we flogged Collingwood last year, and he was still telling him about how he didn't have a kick that day. <laughs> and, we're, and we're down in the pre season game. My dad set probably seven or eight goals, and I was like,
0: Cats, relax, <laughs> mate. <I was like, laughs> he was still <laughs> giving it. <season>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all serious, man. It doesn't matter if it's a pre season game or yeah, you're on the field. I, like I, still, I still remember my best ledge, man. I, I think I was under 14s, and this guy called Alan Dodds. And he's yelled out. This guy is lining up at the girls and he's going, "Your mum wears your dad's army boots." <laughs> have, you, have you heard that one before? No, I've never. Oh, I've never heard I it, it before, going
1: to go down. A I thought it was going to go down
0: a different route. No, this is this is totally <laughs> PG rated, man. <laughs> if you're going to treat yourself, what's your favourite dessert? Um,
1: me and my girlfriend like Daniel's donuts. Oh, you know? yes. Yeah. Probably they're, they're pretty cool Yeah They're
0: pretty good That will definitely Fatten you up
1: Yeah
0: I know <laughs> So we're moving on To the, the more real And honest questions And, and these are the ones That oh, i You know Even if we weren't Doing this podcast I want to ask you anyway But Your first game Was against my hometown Geelong So barrack for the Tigers Lived in Geelong Got tormented by Geelong supporters My whole life <laughs> Your first goal I know that you guys Lost this game But your first goal Tell me about the feeling
1: Oh, it was I can't remember a lot of it
0: I remember um, the celebration
1: Yeah I, I, I've seen the celebration <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah I, th- I think it was well, Grimesy kicked it in So I, I'm telling you this Because I've seen the goal So I can't exactly remember This happening on the ground But I'm telling you this Because I can remember Watching it afterwards <laughs> Grimesy kicked it in um, And I think Towner Who's now at knocked it down And Higo handballed it to me and I, I remember that it was a pretty like, wet night, so I don't know why I tried to skid it on the ground, but I did, and sort of like it went in, to be honest.
0: Oh, she slid on, all right, she was going like a bullet.
1: Yeah, but, yeah it was a bit of a fluke.
0: But the, the, the feeling that you had, though, it must have been that just that relief to get the first goal, you know, out of the way. Yeah. That's your, your first goal in AFL.
1: Mm. I think, yeah, I think as well, playing your first game, it's more of a relief as well, because you work so hard, like, there's main stages in sort of your footy career where you get drafted, then you want to play the next game, then you want to play ten team. Like it's sort of like just naturally everyone wants to progress and sort of want more, I guess. So yeah, of course. When, once you get drafted, you you want to play your first game. Whether it, for me, it was in my second year, but you'd love to play it in your first year. But like, um, yeah, to play your first game and then to dad for dad to give me my jumper um, before the game is pretty cool as well.
0: Yeah, man, that, that would have been special. And and you talk about. Breaking into that side, you broke into a, a premiership side. I mean, it's not that's not easy to do. <laughs> that's not easy yeah. to do, man. So, I mean, yeah, what the Tigers are doing is unreal. Um mm. Now you've only just recently started your own podcast, Pat Chats. So for those that uh obviously listening and you UK listeners, you want to get a little bit more of uh some Australian talent, head on over on Spotify to Pat's Chats. Um, what should we expect? I mean, I've listened to it, but what should people expect when they listen into Pat's chats and what got you into it in the first place? I know that we're in isolation and, and football has been obviously postponed, but what made you jump into the deep end and just, Hey, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Well, I've seen, I, I got really into podcasts probably like a year ago. I sort of didn't really know what they were. Then I started listening to more sports. Um, Cause I love like my sport all around the world. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'm a pretty sort of approachable bloke and um, sort of enjoy a chat with people. So I guess early days it was sort of chatting to the boys at the footy club. So I had Sean here and some Shane Edwards on, um, who were both, one's an ex-player and one's a current player. And had them on and sort of just talked, to, talked a bit of rubbish, to be honest, at first. But then as you sort of um, learn more about it and sort of learn how to do it more, you sort of... Um, you sort of talk about stuff that you've experienced a little bit deeper, and I think this week I've got, as I said to before, Emma Murray coming on, who's um, the club psych, and she sort of she works with all the players at the club and their mental spaces, and it's pretty cool to have someone like that. And I felt that it'd be good for other people to listen to that and sort of and listen to sort of how I relate to her and how I build a relationship with her. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool.
0: And she's all about headspace as well, isn't she? She's all about helping yeah. you guys out, especially because, like every human being, you go through your down times. Everyone goes through their down times. Yeah. So she's just got that wealth of knowledge to just help you pick yourself up.
1: Yeah, 100%. So she she works with us during the week, uh, more leading into a game, I think, to get us in the right mental state, whether you've had a bad game the last week, you review it with her. And I think what I've learnt at Richmond a lot more, through my career so far it's probably more about your mental state going into a game than it is your physical state like yeah. you can be as prepared physically and you've done more weights or more running sessions than anyone else but if you're off mentally it derails you for most of the game I think um, that's what that's what I've learned, and I think and Emma's well, she's an example of how to help you with that and I think it, it's good that I know that but I'd love my listeners to know that as well I think leading into this episode
0: Yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, guys, head over to Patch Chats. It's on Spotify. And I believe you're on Apple as well, Apple Music? Ah, yeah, Apple Podcasts. You're on the Apple Podcast, So, yeah, head on over, guys. And I think you can subscribe on the Apple and give it a like. Put a comment, is that right as well? You can leave a
1: review, I think, but I haven't
0: heard many of them. Haven't, yeah. So, leave Patty a review. I don't have Apple, but uh, I'm going to have to get it. I have to download it. I'm going to have to, like, expand in my horizons as well. Now, during this isolation thing, I know that a lot of players got gym equipment from their footy clubs. How are you keeping fit over this isolation period, and how are you keeping your your mental state yeah, fresh?
1: Yeah, so with us, we um, we got given sort of a pre-season program, which is pretty much the exact same as what you'd have me over the Christmas break. Um, so it's pretty similar to what we've done. We're sort of we're doing another pre-season. Going into pretty much another pre-season, so we got, as you said, we got given gym equipment, um, gym equipment, a program, and we've we've just been doing that over the what the fourth or fifth week now, I think it is. So yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating early days, but uh, you can, you, I think everyone can sort of see a, a light at the end of the tunnel at the moment.
0: Yeah, and are you guys using that Zoom to do training? So say you, you know you and you know, one of your best buddies is wanting to do a session together you do you guys zoom each other and get down or yeah. what, what happens
1: so we've been doing a zoom when is it every Saturday morning and a wednesday morning which is it's more like a little fun weights set up sort of thing um so yeah we've been doing that with the weights coach which has been pretty
0: funny <laughs> yeah and 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 Chol, so Charles started a, a tiktok where's your tiktok account
1: Nah. No. <laughs> the club actually,
0: the club actually asked me to do to make one and put it on the Instagram story, I was like, no, sorry. <laughs> man, it'll can't, be it'll be that. getting to know you a bit more, man. You kind of have to. Um, so we all can't wait for the AFL season to kick off in 2020. We can't wait for it to come back. I know you guys are definitely hanging out. But but tell us, what does AFL and VFL mean to you this year? So 2020, when you get back into it. What does it mean to you personally?
1: I think the word that probably comes to mind for me is the opportunity, in a sense that, yeah. if, which you probably know, that it will be more of a shortened season, whether we play two or three two or three games in a week. Um, so I, th- I think for me it means, hopefully, there's an opportunity for me to, to play and ho- play well, because I felt Although I, I played two games last year and I felt I played pretty well. I was, there was eight, eight or nine blokes who won a premiership two years before that that had to come back in. So I feel a lot of the young boys, not just me, will probably play more footy than what they may may have expected if we had a full season. So, yeah, probably opportunity mostly for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's something that you're really hungry for. I mean... You can see it, which is which is unreal. And in the VFL, you were putting together towards the end of the season some excellent games. I mean, you were even pretty lucky to miss out on the final series. So it must have been, you know, in, in a way, gut-wrenching to miss out. But in other ways, you would have been so happy for everyone else and what they achieved.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's, um, we sort of, we built, well, the, the older boys especially, built the club to sort of make everyone feel a part of it. So. With that, if it doesn't really matter whether you've got a medal around your neck in the ones or twos, we we won a premiership together because every everyone was a, they had their own little bit to put towards the team for when we won it. When was it last year? So yeah.
0: And that was remarkable. Next, seeing everyone that got involved. I mean, even with the with the song at the end, everyone was involved in that song, and you guys sang it as loud as I've ever heard it.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. The, the next, yeah, the, the the VFL granny and then the week leading up to the AFL granny was pretty pretty cool to be a
0: part of. Were you nervous during the, any of the period or did you just run off the hype and the excitement that was around you? Like, How do you how do you cope over such massive expectations and obviously such big games? How do, how do you and, and all the others sort of group together and, and get through it?
1: I think when, in terms of the AFL granny, we... we we knew that we we beat GWS throughout the year, so leading into it, we're pretty confident that we we had the tools to beat and we did it. We did it two years before as well, so we still had that um, the mental sort of not strength, but we had it mentally over them that we know we can we can win a premiership. I think as well, there was still a little bit of hurt from twenty eighteen when we lost to Collingwood in the final. Yeah, definitely, so I think that was more of a driving, not just for the granny, but that whole year, and then. Um, Losing Rancy round one, sort of, there was a lot of bumps through the year um, but with a lot of injuries and all that stuff. So I think the, the boys who played in the AFL, Granny, especially they went, they went into it thinking we let's do this for each other, let more, let's do it for each other. Sorry, unless for the twenty-two bikes playing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you talk about that. Dylan Grimes looked like he was in serious trouble when he hurt his ankle. Um, I don't know if it was against Greater West Sydney or if it was the prior. Or, no, it wasn't Greater West Sydney. Sorry, I don't know if it was against Geelong or who it might have been against. Do you remember when Dylan went down, landed awkwardly in a, in a, in a contest, and he hobbled yeah. off on the bench for quite some time?
1: Yeah, I think he was pretty sore for a couple of days after that. But even even like stuff like that, like him him then putting his body back out back out there for the team to play. The, whenever, whenever he did, I think it was early in the final series or maybe just before, to then go back out there and yeah, do what he did was pretty special. And he wasn't
0: the only one. Broadie copped a nice head to the back of their head yeah. as well the the week before the grand final. He, he looked like he was in all sorts and he bounced back pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Brody, or Brody all week was, I think, a bit, he was stressing. And and one we haven't mentioned, Jack Graham as well. The yeah, that's true. His, his position... To not play in the granny but yeah that was that was pretty cool he he won the francis burke award which is sort of voted among the playing group and he won that which which was good for him and everyone was pretty proud of him i think Cause you know, he, he wouldn't like you you got you've given up you've been a spot for someone else and um, yeah, Marlon, Marlon was pretty good on the day
0: as well Marlon was pretty special <laughs> on the day But, but getting back to, to Jack Graham He played out the rest of the game After popping that shoulder out Pretty nasty He, he played out the yeah. rest And he did his role I remember when he got the ball Inside the fifth And I thought he was going to kick a goal
1: Yeah, I think he had 11 tackles as well it's... And he hurt his shoulder like Probably 15 minutes in the first quarter which, So it was pretty amazing What,
0: what he did He's a, he's a man machine um, Yeah Talking about long-term goals, and we've spoken about your twenty-twenty goals, and I know that your career is different to anyone else's career, or business-minded people, or, or whatever else. But over the next three years, what do you want to achieve? What, what where, where do what does Patrick see himself over the next three years? Obviously, your podcast getting a million subscribers and getting into that AFL side and, and establishing yourself. But but what else is in store for you?
1: Yeah, so during this. Oscillation period has helped me mostly think of stuff like that and think of what I, want, what I want to do. So I've decided I'm going to start an electrician course. So, yeah, I, I, which I never thought I'd do in school. I never thought I'd end up doing a trade. I thought it was either uni or footy. Yeah. Um, so I decided I think I'm going to do that. And then, as you said, hopefully the podcast grows and I'm continuing to do that because it's something I enjoy and it sort of takes me away from footy. Um, although I sort of, Still talk about footy in there, but I think it's something that distracts me from footy, which is what I need, which would be the same as doing the electrician course, and then, as you said, just keep working hard to be an established footballer. That's probably my main priority at the moment is just keep working hard and putting pressure on the older boys to cement your your spot in the side, um, because they're they're not going to live forever. So hopefully, (laughs) the younger boys, the younger boys. yeah, sort of push, keep pushing for selection Once it, the older boys, it's their time To call it The, the uh, younger boys are ready, ready
0: to go And and that's similar to what Sean Grigg Did last year he, His body wasn't quite right And I think, you know, from the stories That, I, that I've read um, Richmond were kind of had their eye on Marlon Pickett um, To begin with And and Sean Grigg actually sacrificed his position Knowing that his body wasn't right For Marlon Yeah, yeah,
1: Grigg, that's that's probably what, the one thing I didn't know about footy is how selfless, particularly Richmond art in a sense that Griggis sort of just gave up his career. He probably could have played the second half of the, of the year, depending on how his injury was, but um, yeah, for him to sacrifice his own spot and his own career at the time for Marlon was pretty special.
0: And Marlon came with a a broken finger as well. He missed quite a few games in the VFL and I think he only came in towards the the final, definitely the tail end of the season. So to get into the position that he obviously got into, he he won the the best uh, on ground in the VFL um, grand final. But then to play the way he did in in the grand final, he just had some special moments.
1: Yeah, I think that's why we were talking to the recruiters before. I think that's why we drafted him because he's, he was waiting, as, as are a lot of young players now, but he was he was 27 when he got drafted.
0: Yeah, and, um, 27.
1: He was just waiting for an, for an opportunity, and luckily we took it because, yeah, he's a guy. He's an absolute guy.
0: And he, does, <laughs> he doesn't need those 30, 35 possessions a game. He only needs 15, and he, and he does 15 yeah. possessions that count. You When he gets yeah. the ball, you see him with the ball, and you get excited on what he's going to do, which
1: yeah, 100%.
0: brings me on to, um, here you go, Jack Higgins. Yeah. So... This guy, I mean, he had a, an absolute special year um, in 2019. He came into a Richmond side that just won a premiership. He kicked goal of the year, which my wife and I went to, her first AFL game ever. She's a Queenslander through and through. Um, I think you guys had 95,000 people or something really. 92, you had 92,000 people at that game. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a throw. <laughs> he definitely <Yeah. laughs> threw it went around the post and karate kicked that thing through the goals, but he had brain surgery last year and you know, I didn't realize and did, did you guys realize the extent of what the the bleed on the brain was, you know, the consequences that potentially could have occurred?
1: Um, I don't think a lot of us knew because it's a pretty rare thing. We we don't you don't really hear of someone Getting a random brain bleed from I don't know how how long he had it for, but you don't really hear about sort of things like that. Usually, it might be an ACL, whether he's injured himself at training or a bad concussion, which could cause that. But nothing really caused it. So um, I remember the doctor came in. We had well, Higo wasn't at the club for about a week, um, so obviously the club didn't know early days what was going on. So the doctors and medical staff were all all over that. I think. Um, but yeah, we got told that Hugo, It wasn't looking good early days, but for, as you said, for him to come back and, um, yes, even just start training with the group and then complete this pro season pretty much was, yeah, pretty pretty special, as I said, about Marlon. It's, it's everyone's sort of, at our club has a different story and this is just another story that Hugo has and it, it makes him even more of a special character, I think.
0: Oh, I love, uh, you know, the three-quarter huddles and you just see Dusty Martin <laughs> laughing, laughing in tears. What anyone could do to be in those huddles and listen to how he pumps you guys up, that is, that is something else. Uh, honestly, man, it would be awesome to see him play another game this year and, and in the years to come. He's, he's got some special skills. I mean, I believe that he actually took his last year off school to just focus yeah. on football.
1: Yeah, so me and Higo, we're drafted in the same year and we're obviously from Metro, so we, we played under 16's Metro, um, he played for Oakley, I played for Northern in the TAC Cup, so we still knew each other, we were in the academy together, so I'm just reeling off all, all what I've done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: of course man, that's what um, you need to do. <laughs>
1: um, and then, yeah, we got drafted together, so we've sort of had a pretty special friendship, me and go and um, yeah, so I felt for him pretty bad. Um... When when he was injured, but to see him come back and see how strong he was and, and as you said, he did take a year off school year twelve and he ended up working for the Umpires, which is pretty funny as well. <laughs> he's, he's a pretty special bloke. Yeah. <laughs> pretty funny as well.
0: <laughs> he was actually the the one I was gunning. Him or Rewat when I when I asked you who do you think the funniest guy is. Um I can see why he said bakes though. I can see, I can definitely yeah. see it. And and you do, like like any social group when you're at school or a footy club. You you got those boys that you have that connection with, um, little shorty. He he definitely takes my interest. He seems like the sort of character that, <laughs> that I can see your <laughs> grin on the other line. He he could definitely crack a few smiles, Oregon. Yeah, so
1: Bates and Shorty actually live together.
0: Oh, dead set. <laughs> so there around, you go. I'm I'm around there,
1: playing to fair for a few nights a week, eating and annoying him. Um, but yeah, Shorty's a legend as well. He he obviously getting drafted as a rookie and then having to work as hard as he did to then cement his spot. I think he played three or four games where I was a forward. Then he got put back into the VSL for a period of time and then he sort of reinvented himself as a probably as one of the better kicks in the competition off half-back. So, yeah, he's got yeah, a boom and
0: foot. He can kick both feet too.
1: Yeah, so yeah, he's... Yeah, it, pretty good far also
0: a bit annoying as well. <laughs> <laughs> they, they like to call it the the mosquito fleet but you got that mosquito not just in the forward line you got it in the midfield and you got it in the back line you you guys are known for your smaller players that just run your absolute hell out of the ground i've ne- i've never been to a game and you know actually watched off the play as much as you guys over the past 3 years the amount of work that any of the richmond footballers do and a lot of the teams are obviously implementing that into their own game style, it's amazing. You don't realise how much running is involved. Um, yeah. And, and to give an indication to the UK listeners, and football is obviously soccer, and we've got a few listeners in the UK, tell them how, how, you know, how many kilometres on average an AFL footballer will run per game.
1: Yeah, so it depend, depends as well on your position. So I think... As a keyfold, you probably won't won't run as far as say a winger or a halfback. We'll probably they play more on the perimeter. Um, so yeah, usually that, that's my position. So I tend to run. I think in my first two games, I ran like fifteen and a half k in both games.
0: That's insane. Um,
1: which is pretty nuts. Like, I, yeah, it's it's a lot different to going for a fifteen k run. Though it's <laughs> you're pretty wrecked at the end of it, but you sort, you sort of don't realise run In the game, how far you actually are running? Which but, you, know, you ask, you ask, spent after a
0: game because it's very rare if you're on the wing or in the midfield. You're actually standing still. You're always on that light yeah. jog, or you're on the burst. Yeah. If you got cat if you were caught standing still, you'd be off the, you'd be off and on the bench, and someone else be having a turn. Hey, <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's yeah, the rotations you need a rotation probably every five minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's annoying that you, don't, that you don't get them because rotations are being cut, obviously, but um, yeah, what can you
0: do? <laughs> so, so, so I've actually had um, a few bets with a few people and one of the things that I think the AFL might be bringing in is they're gonna uncap the ins- the interchange for 2020. And obviously yeah. reassess for the other years to come. But because you guys haven't had, you've done your preseason, you played round one, and then all of a sudden you've been in isolation, you haven't been able to train properly. I think it would be, you know, for me looking on the outside in, it would be insane if you were going to expect to have the same rules, play the same minutes, and not be able to have as many interchanges.
1: Yeah, I think as all, oh, there was, I think there was time. I'm pretty sure there was time capped in round one. I'm pretty sure. So I think they'll reduce quarters from memory. So I reckon that that would probably happen in the first three or four rounds. Um, But yeah, it's it's not really like we can't, we sort of don't really know until we get, we just get told what we're doing and sort
0: of go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you go with it and you just run with it. Um, Yeah. Honestly, Pat, thank you so much for obviously being a part of Wilder House. Thanks, you know, for supporting a local business and thank you heaps for being a part of this podcast.
1: No, no stress. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: it. And if that's your dad in the background, say a big get a for me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> he just snuck in
0: and out. All right, matey. You take care, and thank you so much. I'll um I'll be putting Patty's link um on this podcast, so you guys can obviously check out Patch Chats um, and check out his Instagram page. He is verified with a blue tick. Very special guy. Um, and and just watch his progress because this guy obviously is playing in a, in a pretty strong team that are doing great things um, so look forward to 2020 and, and thank you so much for being a part of this no thank you take care mate
1: cheers